0: It's Stan here. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you about another podcast that I think you should check out. It's Counter Programming with Shara and Ariel. This is the perfect anti bad COVID news podcast because there is a lot of bad news COVID 19 podcasts. We need some counter programming. And these two get together weekly to discuss anything that's counter related. So you get it? It's counter programming, right? The first series was on countertops, granite, marble, steel, and now they've moved on to other count topics. Count Dracula, counterfeiting coins, basically if there's a counter involved, these two are going to have it covered. So check them out by searching for programming with Shira and Ariel wherever you get your podcasts. In Hollywood, competing pictures with similar plots released around the same time are not that unusual. From time to time, you might get two movies about a volcano or an asteroid on a collision course with Earth, or two movies about the same historical figure. This can happen for a number of reasons. Someone leaves a studio and joins another, the same screenplay can make the rounds throughout Hollywood, or maybe it's just topical issues that studios are trying to take advantage of. There have been cases where competing pictures cover the same ground in just very different ways. For example, in 1964, you take a look at a movie like Failsafe, which took a very serious look at an accidental nuclear strike and then compare it to the biting satire of Dr. Strangelove released months earlier in the same year. Same subject, very different takes. The general rule with these pictures is the one that's released first is usually the victor. And in each case, it's always just business. However, there's one exception. In March of 1990, two competing pictures about the same short-lived dance craze the Lombada was released, and it was personal. In this episode, we're taking a look at the crazy competition and literal race that took place between the picture Lombada and its rival, the Forbidden Dance, that was caused by a feud between two cousins. My name is Dan Delgado. Welcome to the industry. If you're wondering what Lombada is, let me explain. It's a dance that originated in Brazil in the late 1970s. Ten years later, the dance would resurface in popularity in France and become a dance craze in Europe. This was partly thanks to a song called Lombada by the group Caoma. Well, the song was a hit overseas, but in the United States only proved to be a minor success, peaking at number 46 on the Billboard charts. In March of 1990, 2 Lombardo-themed movies hit the theater, the culmination of a ridiculous three-month race. That's right, three months. And I'm talking about the amount of time it took for the concept, script writing, filming, editing, and release. But before we get to that fateful day when both movies would perform a box office dance competition, we have to go back before March of 1990. Back to 1979. Menachem Golan was the most successful filmmaker in Israel. He had been producing and directing pictures since 1963, and now he set his sights on Hollywood. In 1979, he and his cousin, Yoram Globus, purchased the Canon Group, a Los Angeles-based film company. Golan was the man with the passion for films, an outgoing big personality, and his cousin, Yoram Globus, would be the man behind the scenes, the money manager. And throughout most of the 1980s, Canon Films did well by following a very simple model of pre-selling low-budget genre of pictures to foreign distributors. But in the mid to late 1980s, Canon was no longer satisfied with making pictures like *Breakin'*, Enter the Ninja, and pretty much every movie Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson did in the 1980s. And no, instead, they wanted blockbusters. So in 1987, they started chasing after box office gold. They tried using a top box office star in Sylvester Stallone in the movie Over the Top. They tried basing a movie on a popular toy and cartoon line in Masters of the Universe. And they even tried using Superman when they produced Superman IV The Quest for Peace. All of them failed. And with all three losing big money, Canon found themselves in a big financial crisis. Enter Giancarlo Peretti, an Italian financier with a big bank book who does a corporate takeover of Canon. Now, Menachem Golan is upset about this. He's upset about Cannon's financial situation, which has led to this takeover, and blames his cousin Yoram for putting them in this position. And by March of 1989, Menachem has decided to leave the company and form his own studio. Now, this brings us to late 1989, November or December, but it's around this time that Cannon is looking for another new movie to make. A longtime producer named Ovidio Ossinidis has been brought in as the new CEO of Canon, and Ovidio has taken a liking to an actor he has recently worked with named Jay Eddie Peck.
1: Ovidio took a, took a
0: liking to me, and we actually really had a nice relationship. Jay Eddie is looking to diversify and do some writing as well, and Ovidio calls him in for a meeting. He
1: sent me home uh, with a couple of scripts. And he says, hey, take a look at these, read them, and tell me what you think. I think we've been on a Wednesday, and about six days later, Dan, we went back. I went back in, we were, and I said, well, this was this, and this was that. I said, but that story there is the Jaime Escalante story from Stand and Deliver. Oh, yes, it I said, is. That's, that's the story. And he said, yeah. He kind of sneered. He said, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the story. He said, uh, we like that story. And it wasn't the actual script. It was just the same story. Right. And he said, we liked it, but we want to combine that with something else and maybe bring in a dance number, you know, like 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 a dance scene. He was talking about one scene. And I said, oh, oh okay, okay. So I went back in uh, for another meeting, and I, I had said to them, I, I went back in, and he said, uh, we want to combine this movie and some other movies. And then they narrowed it down to co- two stories they wanted to combine the two. And I said, well, you can't do that. You can't do that movie. I mean, that movie's already been done. You, you can't do it. And uh, I said, but if you're going to do something like that, I said, I just saw something on TV. There's this new dance group or something. It's this dance. And I I think it's out of Brazil or something. And and they they get out and they do this kind of salsa-merengue thing. You know, all this, this. I don't understand. It was some sort of Latin dancing. I said, but I saw that on, I think I saw it on Johnny Carson or a morning talk show at that time he says, no 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 no. we don't want to do anything like that we have this choreographer and he said we're going to do like this hip hop you know this hip hop thing because we did a movie called break in before we wanted it's going to be kind of like this hip hop thing
0: and even though Canon is looking to do the hip hop version of Stand and Deliver Jay Eddie can't get those Latin dancers out of his head at the time, they were doing a tour of America, which included a number of television appearances. And this gave Jay Eddie an idea.
1: They appeared on the Arsenio Hall show, I videotaped them. They appeared on Johnny Carson, I videotaped them. They appeared on the A.M. Los Angeles show, and Regis used to be the host back then, and I taped them.
0: They would even appear on Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve that year. And Jay Eddie is all in on this. Not only does he have the tapes to show, but he wants to work on the moves as well. So he hires the best people he can find in order to teach him this brand new dance. And
1: they're really, really good, and this is, how, this is who you want to get. And I hired them, and I paid them. They were expensive. Huh. I paid them to teach me the dance. And my wife said, wait a minute, you're going down to L.A., and you're spending almost $100 an hour to get these people to teach you to do a dance that you're trying to sell to a studio that doesn't want to do the dance that <laughs> is not even bringing you in as an actor and you think you're going to get this job I said if I can convince them to do a movie about lambada, there's a possibility they would hire me
0: and eventually he convinces them not to do a hip hop version of Stand and Deliver but instead a lambada version of Stand and Deliver Director Joel Sibberling, who would go on to make this movie, is on board with it. There's just one thing in the way of making this happen.
1: Before he was behind me, he said, but we need, we need an actor who can play this role. We need an actor who can do the dance. Uh-huh. And I said, Joel, I can do the dance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, Cannon announces their Lombada movie, and Jay Eddie Peck is the star. Now, this is where Menachem pops back into the story. Now, he's moved on to his own studio, 21st Century Films, and he's been paying attention to this Lombada business, too.
1: is running the studio, but Yoram is still involved. And Yoram and Menachem are having a contentious breakup at the time. And so Menachem decides he's going to do a dance movie, too. And hey, by the way, and I'm going to do a Lombada dance movie. So now... I mean, he's literally like a week behind us when it's announced that Yoram's going to do a movie and it's going to be about this new dance, Lombada. Then Menachem decides and he's going to do one, and we're off. We're off to the races.
0: Menachem may have been second in the Lombada race, but he gets a big advantage when he secures the rights to the song Lombada by Kaoma. That's when director Graydon Clark gets called in.
2: We go into his office and he explained, first he asked me, he said, do you know what lambada is? <laughs> well, luckily, I had just just seen a, a television uh, show, a talk show that featured this song called Lombada. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, it's some song from, uh, I said, South America, and it's a dance. And he said, Yeah, yeah, well, I have the rights. This is Menachem saying, I, I have the rights to, to the oh, Lombard by Keoma, And it's the largest selling song in all of Europe. It even outsold the Beatles. And I want to make a picture. I said, Oh, okay, that, that sounds interesting.
0: <clears throat> he said, However,
2: my cousin Yoram, and then he turned his head and he spit we were in his office he spit on the floor every time he mentioned yoram at the time he would go <laughs> him and spit on the floor my cousin yoram uh thinks he can make a lambada picture before i do he said well that's bullshit i'm gonna make it first
0: by 1990 Graydon had been making low-budget indie films for almost 20 years in that time, he'd made a number of movies like Satan's Cheerleaders, Angel's Brigade, and Black Shampoo. Usually working fast and cheap. But this situation would be fast, even for him.
2: He said, okay, we, we have to start in uh, 30 days and have to have the picture finished in 90 days. And I took a moment and said, wow, 90 days to finish a picture, that's pretty quick. I said, uh, do you have a script? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, what is it? He said, "Uh, a girl comes from Brazil to America and does the lumbar. (laughs) Uh, and, And I said, yes. He said, what do you mean, yes, that's it? I said, wait a minute, Menachem, that's not even a story. That's just a thought. That's not a script.
0: Well, at Canon, they already had the luxury of a script that was already written and simply adding dance numbers to it. At 21st century, they were starting from scratch. Menachem hired a couple of writers that he liked and a week later wanted them along with Graydon to meet back for an update on how the script was progressing.
2: So we get in the car and I'm, I'm driving over the hill with these guys and I say okay guys outline the story for me. So they started talking about a, a girl in Brazil who is kidnapped and, and brought to that. I said well wait, wait, wait a minute. Kidnapping is not a good storyline because there's a lot of countries in the world, especially in South America, where kidnapping is a real problem. That's true. And the the foreign buyers there are hesitant to, to get involved in a story where kidnapping is the primary element. And they said, well, that's our whole story.
0: Now, Graydon and the writers meet with Menachem with essentially nothing. So Graydon gets up and begins to ad-lib a new script outline.
2: I said, so there's this jungle princess in Brazil whose rainforest is being exploited by big corporations and she told Menachem she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do they speak English? I said, Yes, they do because the because I knew Menachem didn't want to do subtitles. I said, Yes they do because the Amazon princess uh, went to a missionary school and learned how to speak English. Okay, okay, go ahead. So I said, so she comes to America to help prevent the destruction of her homeland, the rainforest in Amazon. And when she's here, she goes on American television and uh, 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 pleads her case for saving the Amazon rainforest. And Menachem is kind of nodding, kind of following it, but showing no signs that this is anything of interest and I said uh, so she goes on like a Dick Clark television show a dancing show she dances the Lombada I said so there's a contest for the best Lombada dancer and she wins that contest so she gets to go on the show and make a statement about saving the rainforest and Menachem says well how does she get here how does she get to America? I said, well, we have an opening scene where the evil uh, big corporation is is burning down the rainforest and taking over her little uh, tribe. They somehow get her a ticket to America, and she comes. But then she's arrested, and she has problems, and then Occam says, so what does she do? I said, well, I, 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 <laughs> and he said, I know what she does. She gets a job as a maid in Beverly Hills. I said, Yes, 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 that's right. So at that time I began to feel pretty good about the story because Menachem was was throwing in his I would say two cents, but it was certainly more valuable than two cents.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I said
2: yes. I said, Yes, she gets a job in Beverly Hills and as a maid and there's a young, good looking kid who lives there at this wealthy house. And they have an affair together, and it's kind of, kind of like Romeo and Juliet. It's kind of like, like uh, the poor girl who, who is there working as a maid, falls in love with the guy who, who is certainly above her class and stature. And there's there's prejudice that he falls for her, and the parents don't like it. And it's West Side Story, Romeo and Juliet. With Beverly Hills Maid falling in love with the young man of the house, so I have a tendency to pace when I'm ad living. So I've gotten up from the the conference from the chair in the conference room, and I'm walking around the room. And pretty soon I turn and my is up walking around with me, and we're doing our own dance of lambada. And uh, he's saying this, I'm saying that. We're going back and forth, back and forth. So the meeting ends. And he says, okay, this is good, this is good. But remember, we have to beat... He spits on the floor, Yoram. We have to beat Yoram, so I want a screenplay in a week.
0: And a week later, the script is done. Both Lombardo movies rush themselves into production, and filming is done quickly. And for Jay Eddie, he's getting better as a dancer as they go. But as they go, they're running out of time to get everything in. And in the end, some things don't even get filmed.
1: We had a, some great, our best dancing. Never were shot to be in the movie. We never, we never had time to do it. So when they were really looking for me, you know, to, to really have my game, at the, you know, <laughs> later in the movie, we shot all the early stuff. And then I, six, you know, six weeks later, by the time we hit that six weeks, I actually improved tremendously. And I was so ready to kill it. Yeah. But we ran out of time because Menachem, you know, we literally, they, I, I don't think it's surprise or what, but we, we were finishing our movie at the same time. This was the craziest thing, how they were this competitive and fighting and fighting. Who's going to get a release and get the movie out? So... I don't know this for sure, Dan, but I was told back in the day when we were doing this and, and when we wrapped um, that it was the fastest movie ever, ever edited and post and finished and released.
0: I can't confirm if that's true or not. However, that spy thing he was wondering about, well, that is something that I can confirm.
2: My production manager, who i would used many times, a guy named Whitney Hunter, Knew some people that worked on uh, Yoram's Lambada picture.
0: Oh, fantastic!
2: So, so I, I, I'm I'm sure that he was giving them non-proprietary information on how we were doing, and they were giving Whitney uh, an update on how they were doing. So it was a race to a race to a race. Yeah, and we both knew the other was doing.
0: Both shoots push the crews to their limits. At 21st Century, Graydon has a 19-day shoot and 19 dance numbers to work in. So that works out to one dance number a day, plus the non-dance scenes he has to get in. And at Canon, the days get long for Jay Eddy.
1: On those last days, they were so anxious that I think on one day, we we must have started at 6 in the morning. We filmed all day. And then we filmed the entire night. And I think we wrapped at 8 a.m. the next day. So we filmed over 24 hours straight.
0: One way that Graydon Clark was able to move things along quickly was to shoot almost in chronological order to save time on editing. And being no stranger to fast shoots, he had another way to save time on the normally lengthy editing process.
2: You shot on film, which we did. And then the standard procedure was the next day, the film, the negative, would have a print made from it. And then you would edit on a movieola the print. And eventually, when it was all finished and you were happy with it, you would then go back and match the negative to the print. Well, I had been experimenting with using a video editing process. I had done it on the picture that I did just before... Lambada and it worked quite well. So, and it was much quicker. So, I went to Menachem and I said, listen, instead of making a print and editing this on uh, either a flatbed or a Moviola, I think we should do the following. We should obviously shoot in 35 millimeters and then have a video print done. And we can edit on video, it's faster, and Menachem, more importantly, it's cheaper. Well, those were magic words to Menachem.
0: Partway through the shoot, Menachem shows up with some great news.
2: Menachem came to the set, and he only came to the set, well, I would guess every third day during lunch. This day he came to the set a little bit earlier, jumped out of his car, and came running. Ring, 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 great, great, great. Great, 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 great. I have great news. We have a deal with Columbia Pictures for distribution. Well, I had been making low budget independent pictures and I uh, never had a major studio release any of my stuff. And I thought, wow, that's great, great, Menachem, great. He said, yeah, yeah, the deal's all set, the deal's all set. All we have to do is, is finish before you're.
0: And Graydon does it. His movie, Menachem's movie, even though it started a week behind, ends up finishing first everything is looking good, though there is one small issue. They had the rights to the song Lombada, and they certainly made sure to use those rights and that song as much as possible.
2: So, Menachem had made a deal with uh, Teoma. I've forgotten exactly the numbers, but he had made a deal where we could use 12 minutes of the song in the picture. Wow. So, we had, we had told the music guy... Look, you you can use the Lombada song only for 12 minutes. So he did. (laughs) So we're in the (laughs) sound mixing studio, Writer Sound, and Menachem is there. It's the first time any of us had really seen the picture with music and sound effects and so on. We're, you know, going through the the opening scene. You know, that's good, that's good, that's good. And about, I don't know, five minutes into the picture, Menachem says, hold it, hold it, stop, stop. So we all stopped and turned to him. He said, I want the La Mata song put in there. Of course. So I said to him, I said to him, Menachem, you told us that <clears throat> you could only use the La Mata song for 12 minutes. Well, we were, we're using all the 12 minutes. He said, I don't care. I don't care. Put it in. Put it in. So we all took a 15-minute break while the while the La Mata song was put in. So he did that three or four times throughout the sound mix, and ending up... I don't know, probably using the Lombada song instead of the 12 minutes, probably 18 or maybe even 20 minutes throughout the picture. How he finally negotiated that, I have no idea.
0: What they didn't have was the rights to the title Lombada. That had already been claimed by Canon. And the deal with Columbia Pictures wasn't really a deal.
2: Tuesday, I get a call from evening. Good evening. Yes? He said, I'm screening the picture Today in the afternoon for Columbia. Want to come along? I said, sure, of course. So I, I drive over to uh, uh, Menachem's office in Beverly Hills, and we're heading back over the hill to Columbia Pictures. At that time, they were sharing the Warner Brother facility. So Menachem and I are riding in the back seat. He has a driver taking us over, and I look at him, and Menachem never really looked healthy. But he looked particularly bad on this day. He was white and he was he was breathing heavily. And I said, Menachem, are you okay? I, I mean, do we need to pull off or something?" He said, "No, no." He said, "He said the last three times I've done this with Columbia, they refused the picture." I said, well, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, I had this deal with I think it was Captain America, and then a couple of other things." And when they saw the picture, they said no. I said, Menachem, you told me we had a deal with Columbia. He said, no, 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 it's just that I got to show it to them first. I said, wait a minute, you, you don't have a deal with Columbia. You just have a first look with Columbia.
0: So Graydon and Menachem show up at Columbia for the screening.
2: Because they, they're part of the Motion Picture Association and Warner Brothers had, had beaten Menachem to the registration of the title Lambada so they had that right Menachem could not use it well (laughs) Menachem uh, had told me this during the production and I said to him oh Jesus well I just had filmed the night before the sequence where the girl mentions uh, mentions the fact that in Brazil at one time it was known as the forbidden dance I said to Menachem, why don't we call it The Forbidden Dance That's a great idea, that's a great idea Okay, so we we go over to Columbia to screen the picture and we go into their screening room I had not seen the titles yet, uh, we go into their screening room and there's oh, I don't know, a half a dozen Columbia executives sitting there, Menachem and I sit in the front row and they're sitting at uh, uh, in seats behind us so, I had not seen the titles or the opticals when we sat there at Columbia and the picture began to roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, as you may recall, it starts with the burning of the rainforest, which of course was stock footage. And uh, up comes the title, "Lambada," the Forbidden Dance. Oh no. The first, thing they, the first thing they say is, Menachem, we can't use lambada in the title.
0: But after that, everything goes well. In fact, Columbia agrees to take the movie. Menachem would still use the word Lombada in the posters. He would have the title, The Forbidden Dance, in big letters, and right underneath it said, Is Lambada There is the matter of that other Lombada movie out there, though.
2: So these guys are whispering to one another back and forth, and finally one of them says, Does anybody know what the status is of... The other Lombana film. Oh wow. Nobody says nobody says anything, but I knew because I I had a way to 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 know what was happening. Yes. I said, well, they are finishing shooting this film yesterday or today. So there's no way they can release it for at least another week. We are finished. We should release this picture this Friday. So they talked about it. Well, we, you know, we can't put trailers in the screen. I said, look, the trailer on this isn't going to make any difference. People know the Lombada picture. We've got to get it out there and beat the other picture. If we don't, we're just going to split the market. And I, I said, I, I can't say for certain, but I'm going to guess that the following Friday, Warner brothers, who is who, uh, Uh, Yoram had made his deal with. Uh, Warner Brothers is going to release the picture a week from this Friday. What we need to do is release it this Friday. Nobody cares about trailers. All you got to do is do some television ads saying Lombana. Well, you know, they talk, well, you know, no, we don't want to do it this Friday. We'll do it the following Friday. You know, I started to say something and Menachem put his hand on my shoulder as if telling me to shut up, which I did, and uh, so Menachem, they said, we'll release it this Friday, and I saw Menachem's color come back to his face, and uh, we got back in the car and headed back toward his office, and I said to Menachem, oh, you should talk to them, because if we wait till the following Friday, and we release Day and Date with the other Lombada film, it's not going to make any difference. Which, who has the better film or anything else? We're going to split the market. And the doctor said, I know, I know, but Graydon, you're not going to change their mind, and all I really care about is that we solidify this deal.
0: Columbia decides to wait the week to release The Forbidden Dance, and it gets released on March 16, 1990, the same day as Cannon's film, Lombada, starring J. Eddie Peck. And after three months of blood, sweat, and dance moves on both sides, neither movie really made a dent at the box office. Lombada, that's Cannon and Yoram's film with J. Eddie Pack, would debut that week at number eight, grossing a little more than $2 million. It would go on to gross $4.2 million total in the United States. The Forbidden Dance, that's Graydon and Menachem's movie, didn't do as well. That debuted at number 13 with an opening week gross of $720,000. It would go on to gross a total of $1.8 in the U.S., but that didn't mean that Menachem would end up taking a loss on this.
2: Well, later I found out that the deal was that Menachem was going to be paid $3 million for the rights to the film. So... and the picture had cost him a little bit less than a million dollars to make. And incidentally, he had previously sold Spain and South Korea, I'm sorry, Portugal, I think it was, and South Korea. So that was outside of the Columbia deal, uh, or in addition to, if you will, the Columbia deal. So he came out, you know, in in very, very good shape for this little three-week picture.
0: And they weren't critical darlings either.
1: But uh, it, you know, it got it got. If I remember correctly, it got two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert.
0: I will tell you what I could definitely remember: Gene Siskel liking that movie, and I, I could yeah, I, I, because yeah. I, I used to watch that show, and I can. This is me remembering watching it in 1990, and I remember him saying, "What dance movie ends with a math competition?" You know, him being that's kind of right, like, like hey, being a great memory. That's exactly what
1: he said.
0: Yes. Well, what Gene Siskel actually said was...
1: Lobata concludes not with a dance contest, as you might expect, but with a math contest between the rich and the poor. J. Eddie Peck is solid as the teacher, and Melora Hardin is captivating, I think, as the student who is infatuated
2: with him.
0: But Roger Ebert, on the other hand... Well... He didn't really care for it.
2: Then we get to the story, which involves teaching the poor kids how to find the cosine and use a protractor in order to line up their pool shots. This is like, I don't know if I want to call this movie clean dancing instead of dirty dancing, or it's it's like a remake of Stand and Deliver. Who in the world wants to go to a Lombada movie that ends with a trigonometry B?
0: And even though it was not a hit in the U.S. and it's been over 25 years, J. Eddie Peck still gets asked to dance the lumbada.
1: When I was in Dallas, I got invited to a huge Brazilian party. uh, I had friends in the Brazilian community, you know, when I was in Dallas. And again, I worked so much I didn't have time, but I had a a wonderful neighbor that was Brazilian. And they had invited me to uh, this gorgeous home in Dallas. And there was all this talk. Hey, you know the movie Lombada? Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, well, J.D. Pack, you know <laughs> he's a, he's my friend and my neighbor, and and uh, so whenever I came, I mean this was, it was this gorgeous home that had this huge party thrown. Well, when the when I showed up, trust me, Dan, the Brazilians were waiting. Oh, they were no like kidding. He is here. They called me Lombada Man. Lombada Man is here. He is here. He's going to do the dance. I'm like. No, 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 and, and you know what, Dan? I knew, I knew, because I've been here, be, I've been to this dance before, when people know, you know, whether I was signing autographs or I was doing an event or anything that was like at a club, I knew a lot of the events that I was going to attend that I was going to be asked to do the lumbada. I'm not kidding. So I was always like, okay, they're going to ask me, let me kind of warm up a little bit. It's like yeah. when you're a singer, and you know when you get on a show, they're going to ask. They expect you to belt something out. Yes. You know? Yes. Get up so, there. But, then this would happen all the time. I'd be doing any <laughs> kind of a talk show, or an appearance, or a fundraiser. I host lots of events every time. You know, Bob, there comes the music. Somebody drops the music in. And then the crowd starts, yeah, yeah, he's kind of egging you on. I'm like, nah, 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 nah. You don't understand. I haven't done it in a while. I'm not warmed up. I, no need to make a fool out of myself here, folks. But then I realized, yeah, people get disappointed. They want to see a couple of moves. <laughs> so, Dan, sure enough, sure enough, I knew it was coming at this party, at this Brazilian party. I know it. Right. I can feel it. I've already told this is at this big mansion, and this is all the Brazilian community around <laughs> Dallas goes here. And, and, yes, and they're so excited because they know the Lombada man showing up. And I, I told yeah. my friend, I said, whoa, 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 don't do the oversell. You don't understand. I, that was, movie was 25 years ago. I don't do that anymore. Sure enough, man, I wasn't there 10 minutes. You know, they had a mojito in one hand, and, you know, okay, Lombada, man, the song came on, and all the eyes went to me, and they're like, of course, here's here's the wife, you know, of the owner of the place. She wants to be the first to do the Lombada with me.
0: Oh my goodness, so,
1: Dan! That's what that's what happened.
0: Oh my god! So, wait, do you have a, do you have to go through a bunch of ladies who want to do it with you? And, and, yes,
1: but no, I don't always oblige. Trust me, I'm not out there doing it all night.
0: <laughs> and since I was speaking to the Lombada man himself, I had just one more question for him. Can you describe to me how to do the Lombada?
1: Oh my gosh, that's a really tough question. That's a great question, Dan. Uh, Basically, um, it it is a dance that is really coming from the hips, and once you understand that it's all about the hips and the hip movement, and it's not as much about the steps, the core of the dance is the movement from the hips. All the other movements and twirls and spins and stuff that you do come from other, other disciplines. And really the right way to do it is have your have your legs more or your feet more of a shoulder-width apart, slightly broader than a shoulder-width apart. Maybe your toes, you might have your toes pronated outward. And then it's a rolling motion of your hips to where when you're rolling through, and by the way, this is just a layman's explanation. Of course. So when you're rolling through pushing off one leg you're giving into the movement so your body reacts as you are pushing away from one side your body rolls into that resistance as opposed to someone who was doing it really incorrectly like myself it hasn't been about the legs or it's it's about the hips and how the movement actually flows and has its movement and absorption through the entire body
0: have you got that Okay, now who's ready to practice? Thank you for listening to this episode of The Industry. Today's show was written, edited, and hosted by Dan Delgado that's me. A special thanks to my guest, the Lombada man himself, J. Eddie Peck, and director Graydon Clark. Graydon has a great book about his colorful career that I certainly recommend. It's called On the Cheap, My Life in Low-Budget Filmmaking. You can pick it up at Amazon.com or at his website at GraydonClark.com. Music in today's episode was by Quincas Moreira, Doug Maxwell, Text Me Records, and Bizbaz Studios. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please tell a friend or six and let them know that the industry is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcast apps. We'll be back again next week with another story about the things that went on in the industry. Good night.